Hey, everybody, before we get to this week's deep dive episode, talking about the U.S. men's national team as they walk into World Cup qualifying, I got a quick favor to ask of you guys. Leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. We read out any five-star review that you leave. So if you want a free shout-out, go ahead and do that. Also, follow us on whatever podcasting platform uh, you listen to us on, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, Podcast Addict, whatever. So you just, you know, you can get notified if we release an episode and yeah, we're talking about the U.S. men's national team. They walk into the October window with five points to their name. Can they make the most out of this October window? Let's see. Hello and welcome back to another deep dive episode of The Final Third. As always, I'm one of your co-hosts here, Jack, and I am a fan of Minnesota United. Did not go well today. Chelsea. Did not go well today. Atalanta, a small reprieve of success for today. And the French and U.S. national teams. And as always, I'm joined here with AJ. Yes, I'm AJ Tabura. I'm a fan of West Ham United. Let's see how that goes tomorrow. I'm sure it'll be fine. I'd be very sad if it doesn't go fine against uh, Wien of Austria. Minnesota United, as Jack said, did not go well. And pertinent to today's episode, the U.S. national team. Last month, we talked about some uh, roster choices that we would make for the September World Cup qualifying window. That has passed. We are done with that. Now we're going into the October window because these games will never, ever end. We have three games coming up, and Greg Berhalter and the rest of U.S. Soccer Federation has uh, announced the 27-man roster for the October 2021 U.S. Men's National Team World Cup qualifying window. And we are going to discuss position group by position group, what we think, the strengths and weaknesses of the squad, and most importantly, the what we can expect to see tactically and personnel-wise from this window. It is our reactions. Jack, in general, are you excited for this international window? I know France is also playing the Nations League. We, we thought we were going to do a preview on that. We're going to say that for Sunday for when rosters come out. Are you excited for this international window? Yeah, I'm, ex- I'm excited for the international window, but I'm more excited for the French side than anything just because I'm very excited for the Nations League. I'm hoping France can redeem themselves. And also, uh, Giroud, Olivier Giroud, is set for a recall to the French team after yeah. the French team realized they couldn't survive without him, you know. You know how <laughs> sure, it goes. Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, Jack, we're not talking about the French national team. We're going to be talking about the French national team a lot on Monday's episode. So if you're interested in that or UEFA Nations League in general or the fact that Columbus Crew just won the Campionas Cup, check out that episode when it comes out. But today we're going to be talking about uh, the the U.S. men's national team. And Jack, why don't we start with goalkeepers? What do you say about that? I mean, yeah, let's let's start with that. I mean, I think this is the least controversial position group, probably. There, there's one major snub, of course, oh, but yeah. snub if you can call it that. Uh, goalkeepers, we have Matt Turner of New England Revolution, Zach Steffen of Manchester City, and Sean Johnson of New York City FC in MLS. Jack, uh, there's a certain uh, goalkeeper that's missing. Who is that? Yeah, well, it's Ethan Horvath who's missing, of course. Uh, he, he's remembered uh, for the penalty save in the Nations League final and also putting in some other solid performances since then. But uh, unfortunately, he I, I think he's getting some time at his club for Nottingham Forest because he hasn't been able to establish himself really as a solid backup option as of yet, it looks like, because, uh, you know, he's played one game in the championship so far and conceded two goals, mm-hmm. and... It was not a good performance. He didn't do well in the cup against a second-tier Wolves side either. Uh, He did all right against Bradford in the EFL Cup, but I think uh, the decision here is more along the lines of he needs some more time to establish himself, get some time training uh, with the the club, especially since I think Bryce Samba, their first choice keeper, uh, he plays for the Democratic Republic of the Congo. I think that he's getting called up to their national team. So I think it will be good for him to get some more training, potentially. Yeah, and not only that, not only is he in not such great form, not getting a lot of playing time, but there is also that uh, 
English travel restriction right, thing to remember, course. right? Ethan Horvath plays in Nottingham Forest, which is in the UK. They have a pretty stringent travel restriction. It affected some countries uh, last cycle where if uh, a player enters a red a tier country, so basically countries where COVID is getting uh, the best of that country, so to speak, even though it is a very arbitrary uh, system that they're using to classify whether it's a red country or a orange or yellow country uh but if that player goes to play in that country they have to go on a long quarantine once they get back to their club and obviously clubs are going to push back on that so ethan horvath we could look towards josh Sargent. zach stefan has made uh the trek over to play in this window even though he pl- plays in the uk but at the same time he is you know a pretty set backup goalkeeper and also, you know, one goalkeeper out of three goalkeepers that might not be able to play in Panama is okay. And so that's why Ethan Horvath is not there. But Jack, are you feeling pretty confident about the goalkeeper situation? Would you start Turner or Stefan in these games? I, I think I'd probably go with Stefan, honestly, just for, just for these ones. Just because in the last window, you know, Turner didn't have the best of times we we can say at all at all points in time uh, yes and he he was looking a little bit shaky for new england after that he had a good yeah, game today true. against montreal mm-hmm. made six saves uh, still conceded something still conceded a goal yep but at the same time i just think zach stefan you know he he deserves uh, uh like some time to play especially if he's going to be playing for uh you know if if, if he's getting called up for this window he should get some time. Matt Turner, I think, will be the starter for Panama because that's one of those red list countries. So it's possible uh-huh. that uh, that Stefan won't be able to make the trip there. So we'll we'll see about that. If that's true, then I'd start Turner over Johnson personally. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, Sean Johnson is a good goalkeeper, uh, but I do rate, obviously, Matt Turner even more. Even though, yeah, you mentioned he his uh one of the things that we've always said about Matt Turner is that he performs really well against his expected goals against, which is basically how many goals you'd expect players to score against him based on the the, the shooter's positioning. Uh, and recently, he's been kind of trending down to the mean, regressing to the mean, where he's you know not performing as highly as he used to. In fact, he hasn't had uh, a clean sheet since before that last window, uh, August 29, 2021, uh, against New York City FC. Yes, they played some good teams like NYCFC, Orlando City, but, you know, also, you know, Columbus Crew not on the best form, Chicago Fire not in the best form. He's been letting in goals. Some of those weren't his fault, but, you know, when you need someone who is whose best strength is just raw shot stopping and does not add too much when it comes to distribution or playing with his feet to see his shot stopping kind of regress to that mean it's a little bit concerning so i'm not like you i'm not concerned about the goalkeeping situation but i will be keeping an eye on it to say the least definitely not a one of our weaknesses i think at this point unless something crazy happens all right, let's move on to fullbacks because uh, I can say the entire defenders list, but that's going to bog stuff down a, r- a lot because there are a lot of defenders. So let's start with the fullbacks. We have George Bello of Atlanta United, Sergino Dest, of course, of Barcelona, Shaq Moore of Tenerife in uh, La Liga 2, uh, Anthony Robinson of Fulham in the championship, and last but not least, DeAndre Yedlin of Galatasaray in the Turkish Super League. Uh, Jack, right off the bat uh, snubs any exciting inclusions that you like uh, of the fullbacks what do you see in that well one key snub is joe scally uh 100 uh i think he's kind of what every u.s men's national team fan was hoping to see out of uh you know brian reynolds when he went to roma because you know it's some of it is he isn't getting minutes from Mourinho, but at the same time when he has, he hasn't looked fantastic, maybe. But, you know, Joe Scali has had a fantastic start in the Bundesliga. He's been playing great on both sides of, of that uh, fullback, uh, uh, of fullback, left back, right back, and he's 
did, he performed well every time he's gone against uh, gone against high quality opposition. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of shocked that he's not included on here, unless there's like an injury that I haven't heard about to nope. him. But uh, yeah, so that's obviously a snub. Then uh, I, I am excited to see Shaq Moore again because I thought he was pretty good during the Gold Cup, and I'm hoping to see some more out of him, uh, especially since he isn't getting a, t- a ton of playing time with Tenerife. I'm hoping that this can help him. Uh, you know, get some more eyes on him, maybe help him find a club that'll actually play him and appreciate him uh, in this upcoming winter transfer window. But Right. Yeah, and, and of course, Anthony Robinson. I'm, I love Anthony Robinson, even though I hate Fulham. Uh, <laughs> so that, that, can, that shows you how much I, I'm a fan of him. He's a great left back, tons of creativity, really fast. He, he's kind of exactly what you need down that left flank. Yeah, I mean, Anthony Robinson, I think, had his best ever window for the U.S. men's national team this past September. I mean, when he was on the field, he was one of our key players. And I I wish to see him more back then, and I hope to see him more now. The Shaq Moore and Joe Scali kind of debacle right now is all over Twitter, obviously. And I think it's really interesting because you you highlight uh, Joe Scali playing really well. You highlight Shaq Moore not getting a lot of minutes, and those kind of seem at odd to me because if we want to reward players for playing well, for being on form, I'm sorry, but I just don't understand why we call in Shaq Moore and not Joe Scally or Shaq Moore at all. Looking at his stats, he's played a grand total of, I can literally do the math, he played 59 minutes since uh, this season has started. That's obviously not great at a Liga 2 level, which is at a, obviously at a lower level than uh, the Bundesliga. Meanwhile, Joe Scali, uh, if you just look at his stats, he has nine successful dribbles. He's got 12 clearances. He's winning interceptions. He's good defensively, which I think is really important when you see our fullback list. So I just don't understand why you don't call him. Uh, Greg Berhalter had a quote where he basically said, Oh, we really like him. We know he's going to be a key, a, a key player for us in the future. Uh, but right now, we're just waiting to integrate him. I, I, I am pretty neutral on Greg Berhalter. I've said a lot of bad things about him. I've said a lot of good things about him. Uh, overall, I think this roster, we'll talk about it as a whole later. I think this roster is fine. Joe Scally not making it seems weird to me when this is the perfect time to integrate him with a window that's obviously not as difficult as other windows we have jamaica at home they're not doing so well right now panama away that's pretty hard costa rica at home when they're not at their best right now you know that's pretty hard but it's also not going to get any easier from here so don't know why we don't call him in but jack let's talk about the rest of the fullbacks because obviously joe scally not making it is sad shaq moore is cool to see but the reason why I highlight Shaq Moore uh, being a head-scratcher and Joe Scally not making it also be a head-scratcher is because I think that I think these fullbacks aren't the best defensively, right? So we have yeah. Bello, Dest, Moore, Robinson, and Yedlin. Remind me who's supposed to be the defensive stalwarts because it's uh, not— none of them. Yeah, Bello and Moore are young. They they get rinsed pretty easily, even in MLS. Anthony Robinson likes to go forward, so does Dest. DeAndre Yedlin, we already know what happened with him in the Canada game. Uh, they're fast, yes. They're good. At, they're all good at dribbling, yes. Uh, but who is going to be that defensive stal- stalwart, Jack? Do you have any idea? Well, here's my thinking. I'm thinking we might try three at the back formation. Here. Very, yeah, very true, actually. Because then it doesn't matter if your fullbacks aren't really good defensively because the only quality you need them to do is to, you know, help help out defensively a little bit. But, you know, they can... <laughs> the The key thing is that they, they're supposed to create then. So I think that uh, given the defenders that we've called up, I think that might be what we're going for. All right. Well, real quick, who, who are going to be like your... your go to starting fullbacks is it dest and uh robinson on the right and the left respectively yeah yeah that that's that that's the ideal one i think i think that if you ask most people that is what they'd say 
All right. I I honestly don't know who I'd even pick other than them. I I, I think it, me personally, if not Robinson on the left, I put Dessa on the left. Uh, other than that, George Bello, I think will do a fine job. I don't really trust DeAndre Edlin, but I, I suppose he'd be okay in the right back spot. But let's move to the center backs. As you mentioned, three in the back. I really want to get into that because I think, like last window, this this roster is specifically made to give us flexibility to move to a three in the back if we so choose in these games we have one two three four five six seven eight nine ten defenders on this roster and let's talk about the center backs now john brooks of wolfsburg mark mckenzie of jenk in belgium tim ream of fulham chris richards new uh addition from uh, on loan at Hoffenheim, Jack is wearing the Hoffenheim jersey. Is that goalkeeper jersey? It's a goalkeeper jersey, but it's Hoffenheim. Nice, yeah. He is from Hoffenheim, not Jack, Chris Richards, on loan from Bayern Munich, and of course, Miles Robinson of Atlanta United. Uh, Jack, any exclusions, exciting inclusions that you see? I'm trying to think of like if there's any specific center backs that I think have gotten completely snubbed uh, uh that aren't that aren't fit like you know not completely snubbed I, I think you can make a case for them to make it above maybe mark mckenzie yeah. uh, matt miazga and walker zimmerman are that's the two. that's what i meant to talk about matt miazga because he's been doing really well uh for he Deportivo has, he uh well let's just talk about matt miazga now uh you want to talk about his recent performance against a certain atletico madrid yeah, I mean, Deportivo. Yeah, exactly. Deportivo Alaves uh, have not been doing great in La Liga. You know, no. they only have one win so far, but that came against title uh, or champions from last season, Atletico Madrid. They kept a clean sheet in this one. Matt Miazga was involved in that. He had the most accurate passing, ninety four percent there. He played the full ninety minutes. You know he. Uh, he he was really good overall. He had two accurate lawn balls out of two. Uh, he 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 was just pretty good. Like uh, he won four duels, lost one, seven clearances. You know he he was very good in this game. And I think him not getting an opportunity here is a big miss, honestly. Because you know getting a clean sheet against Atletico Madrid, yes, they defend a lot, but it's still impressive to get uh, a clean sheet against the likes of Luis Suarez and Antoine Griezmann up top. So I, I think that that should have been rewarded with a call up. Uh, and that's not biased because he's like a Chelsea player who's on loan. Uh, yeah, trust me. He, he's barely he, a Chelsea player. I mean, so, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So uh, he, he deserves a call up. I, I, I think, and yeah, I, I think, I think that's a bit of a disappointment. Mm -hmm. I, I think he should get, I, I am also a big Matt Miazga fan. I feel like I feel like I'm always one of the only people who's like, yeah, Matt Miazga, why isn't he getting called up? <laughs> uh, Mark McKenzie, we've seen him play a, a little bit naively in the Nations League. Obviously, that's a small sample size. But when you look at the level of competition he goes against in Belgium, plus the fact that he's not getting a lot of playing time, plus his form with the country, uh, I don't think he'll start. I think he's an interesting young player to look out for. Like, very, very good. I think he's going to be a, a key piece in the future eventually. But when you're looking for maybe some veteran presence, I'd probably go with Matt Miazga, even though he hasn't played at his best with the country. Uh, Walker Zimmerman, also a, a very good shout. Kind of sad that that he wasn't in because I'm also a Walker Zimmerman fan, but I also understand that if you're gonna try to fit in like Chris Richards and Miles Robinson, you make that case. Uh, let's let's speak to the, the some of the center backs that are here. Jack John Brooks did not play the best in the last window at all. Kind of got rinsed, had some bad positioning when he came back to Wolfsburg. Wasn't that great? Got sent off, and I think the Champions League match that they, that played. Yep. Yep. Not great form for him. Is it ballsy to potentially bench him to play Miles Robinson and Chris Richards? Or do you just stick with him because he is on paper our best defender? Here, here I'm thinking like because what are you thinking? Tell I, me. Ideally with this defense, I think we need we need to set up with a five or three or five at the back. Right. 
with uh-huh. wingbacks instead instead of actual fullbacks. These are not fullbacks that are defensive oriented. These are fullbacks with creative presence. So I think you have Dest and Robinson as your full as your wingbacks, right? And then what you should do is you put you know you put John Brooks in the center of that center defense and have him stay back. Don't really? task him with running forward and like getting into uh-huh, the middle of uh-huh. things and force him to be the person covering to run back. Uh, give, give that to Chris Richards and Miles Robinson. Those are the two I want to see starting alongside him because I think that they are out out of these defenders. Those are the best ones. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be mad about Tim Ream starting honestly. I and o- ima- over John imagine, Brooks. Bro. Like I I I think that in this team you need one of. Tim Ream or John Brooks in there for the experience in the back line because uh-huh. this is a really young back line. Mm-hmm. So I think you need that veteran presence in there, and that's crazy uh, to yeah. think that we're like, yeah, Tim Ream. Like literally a month ago now, when we were recording the September window mm-hmm. preview, we were like, if Tim Ream plays, I'm going to go over to Greg Berhalter's house and I'm gonna play music until he wakes up. That, that Just, was you. I I was I, I'm I'm fine with Tim Ream. I think he's. I think he's fine. He he's a good veteran presence. Okay, but like I don't know if you I, actually I, said that, but I'll, I'll go with you. I'll go with you there. I, I'm sure. pretty sure I, I I do like Tim Ream. If I didn't say it exactly, I, <laughs> I do think he, I do think he's a solid enough defender. He's had a good start to the season with Fulham, and you know he has good leadership, and sometimes that's what you need in a back line. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be like some U.S. fans would be. Where if they saw Tim Ream, they would riot uh, yeah. about it. I, I'd be fine with it. But I think that you set up with a three at the back with John Brooks in the center of that. Chris Richards on one side and Miles Robinson on the other. That would be my preferred back line with Dest and Robinson. Okay. Uh, or Anthony Robinson to specify yeah, on, on, on the left there. Well, Robinson's also in that back line. True. And I, I agree with you. I think Tim Ream would be fine, especially if you don't make him run. Right. It's like if you if you put him at the center of that central defense. Sure. It, it could work. Yeah, I, I agree. Even though I think he prefers to play in the left center back role. Yeah. Which might be a bit dicey if you're going at some speedy wingers. So that's why I'm going to I'm going to stick with John Brooks, uh, Chris Richards, who is getting a lot of great playing time with Hoffenheim playing very well. Got an uh, assist against yeah. Wolfsburg. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, yeah, yeah, it, it was good. I, I think that. Just his like ball playing ability in general is just really really good. And when you you pair that with Miles Robinson, who's also pretty good at that, really good at just getting the ball away from the box. Great great at headed clearances. Great at just like cleaning up messes. That's the kind of guy that you want. And of course, John Brooks, who even if he hasn't been playing too well, uh, for the U.S. Uh, hasn't been playing too well for Wolfsburg, he's our best defender. You stick with him. And yeah, I also agree. Dest and Robinson. Dest has been playing well for a bad Barcelona team right now, uh, and he's getting extended minutes. So he, I think he's currently on form. As long as he, you know, dials in, which we didn't really see in the September window. If he can do that the same way he does with Barcelona, we're gonna be dangerous because his dribbling is amazing. Same with Anthony Robinson, but I don't have nothing to worry about with him. Uh, so that is our, uh, back line. Jack, if you had to just choose two center backs, because, you know, we are likely to see a 4-3-3, probably more than a 3-5-2 or a 3-4-3. So who would be your two, uh, center back picks? It might be risky, but I think I'd probably go with obviously Tim Ream and John Brooks. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh my uh, gosh, dude. <laughs> Chris Richards and Miles Robinson would probably be my pick for, wow. for that pairing. So Just you, do because, ha- you have the balls to bench Sean Brooks. I like it, man. I like it. I, I think it's I think it's risky. That I, I think it's really risky because I do think if there's one place you need experience, it's in the defense. Right. Uh, so I, I I would be very careful about it, but Chris Richards and Miles Robinson have both been really good for club and country. Or yeah, for, I, I think uh, Chris Richards have, has gotten a little bit of time for the country. So yeah, uh, if if I remember very little, I guess I could I could look right now. I, I, either way, they've been playing really well for their clubs. So yes. I think it's it's fair to reward them for that. But 
three cats for Chris Richards. Okay, it's just risky to yeah. to to like not have an experienced center back in there, you know. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if we set up defensively the same way as we did in September, it's going to end badly with a a four man back line. So, uh, Burhalter right. has to use Adams or some other defensive midfielder to support that back line a little bit more or else we're going to get burned. Uh, Speaking of Tyler Adams and the rest of the midfield, let's talk about that. Uh, Some big upgrades for midfielders in terms of just the number of midfielders we have. We had, I think, five or six midfielders last time around. Uh, Now we have quite a bit more. So we have Kellen Costa of the Colorado Rapids, Tyler Adams of RB Leipzig, Gianluca Busio of Venezia in Italy, Luca Della Torre of uh, Heracles in the Netherlands, Sebastian Legette, LA Galaxy, Weston McKenney of Juventus, Yunus Musa of Valencia, and Christian Roldan of the Seattle Sounders. A pretty good bunch of players, don't you think, Jack? Yeah, I mean, there's a few obvious exclusions, but most of those come down to injuries. Yes. So there, uh, th- this is a pretty good uh, crop of players, given what y- you have available. Right. So I guess one of the exclusions, uh, I believe what you're alluding to is maybe Gio Reyna, even yep. though he could be a midfielder or a forward where he usually is for the U.S. men's national team. Uh, as many people know, he did get a knock, so he's going to be out for this window, even I should say Greg Berhalter has alluded to him potentially being added to the camp if he, you know, fast tracks his uh, recovery. But, you know, at the same time, we shouldn't really, you know, hope for that because we want him to get all the time we need. So hopefully we're at a good spot throughout the first like one or two games that we don't desperately need his creativity. Uh, Other than that, we have Julian Green as an exclusion. Jack, are you a Julian Green fan uh, or are you, uh, I guess, apathetic about his exclusion? Because I I think that's that's one of the two ways that people can look at this exclusion. I I don't know. He hasn't had a great start to the season with Groyther Firth. He's scored a goal or he assisted from a free kick. Sorry. Uh, But at the same time, he constantly gets overrun in the midfield. in the Bundesliga. So it is a little risky. And I think most of these players, like, you know, they've they've been really promising, or at least like even if their teams are doing poorly, they've been doing really well. Yeah. And that's not necessarily the case with Julian Green. Uh I, I do like his his uh real number eight abilities, you know. I I think he he's one of our best attack-minded midfielders that we could have if he's on form he's not on form though which is very tough uh but at the end of the day right the the, the marginal difference between him and say Luca Della Torre or Gianluca Busi or Christian Roldan is very minimal like we're talking about not necessarily starters but just kind of fringe bench players so to get upset about him making it or really call for people's head if they don't include him i i i think it's it's a little bit uh facetious that argument you know it, it's a i mean right like is he gonna start in your mind jack if he gets called in julian green would he start yeah no no if he gets called in he's not a starter he he's yeah. a system player for this uh for this mm-hmm. team because if you look at this they're they're two very obvious starters yeah, I well, think, for this walk, midfield. Walk me through your starters then. Yeah, well, um, if we're if we're sticking with my preferred formation, like a three-four-three is is what I think would be the ideal formation. I my two midfielders are going to be Tyler Adams and Weston McKenney. That, that that's that's uh, I think what if you, if you asked uh, people to choose two midfielders, I think that's what most people would say out of this because Tyler Adams, we know he's really good. He's a good leader. Uh, he he's good at breaking up attacks and Weston McKenney is good at advancing the ball forward mm-hmm. and uh, can can make stuff happen, can assist, can score. So I, th- I yeah. think that both of them are, are good players. They complement each other pretty well. Uh, Tyler Adams likes to stay back a little bit more. Weston McKenney likes to advance a little bit more. So I think that's that works out really well. And if it's a 4-3-3 and you want uh, an even more advanced A to uh, the kind of what do you even call 
uh, Weston McKennie, uh, just a ball-winning midfielder, uh, late runs in the box, like that kind of style midfielder. If we want like a more advanced playmaking number eight, would you go for maybe Luca Della Torre or Yunus Musa, Christian Roldan even? No. no, I'd go with Sebastian Legette. Are you serious? I would, yeah. I th- okay, I, I, wow. I, I know a lot of people are like, oh, he passes it back too much. He passes side to side too much. But let, let's be real. He he gives a lot of effort when he comes on for the U.S. He he really does give a lot of effort. I, I, I don't think I've seen a game where he looks like disinterested or is not trying or Very giving true. 100%. And sometimes, especially like now that I've seen some more CONCACAF away games in those kinds of games, that's kind of what you need. Someone who's willing to get into it and uh, give it give it their all. So Mm -hmm. I think I'd honestly put him as a starter because I, you know, his his uh, dead ball uh, delivery isn't terrible. He he's uh, he he can make stuff happen. It's yeah. not terrible. There, there are there are far worse midfielders for dead ball deliveries yes, in this team. Yes, but I, I, I don't want to see him on corners. I'll no, take not him, on corners. I'll, I'll take okay. him on indirect no. free kicks. On, but yes, yes, on those. Say, but okay, like, okay. I'm, but I'm on not board. on corners. I, I when I say when I say dead ball situations, I do not mean corners in this okay. case because okay. that is not, that should never be his job. But uh, you know, if you want someone who's going to press and try and win the ball up the field, that that's who you want. I think out of the out of these players. Uh, the only other one that I, I that I could think of for that because Kalinikos is more six, so I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't put him in there. I I think Yunus Musa would be a good one. Uh, he Valencia has been doing really well this season, and mm-hmm. I I can't I I'm not completely confident if it's totally down to Yunus Musa or how much it's, he's been playing. It's not. Them, he uh, he hasn't play, been playing too much, even though he has been. His minutes have been ramping up, and he has been. Looking okay for the most part as he comes back from uh, injury that kept him out of the September camp. Uh, but overall, I, I like Sebastian Legette a lot. Uh, I, I know that midfielders like him who are facilitators are very important. Not necessarily creators, but facilitators. You can look at Declan Rice for that as well. Uh, but I just don't think that he is the bona fide starter. I think... Uh, depending on what you're looking for, maybe late in the game, you put uh, Sebastian Legette on to just like try really hard and just put in high effort, be a real good system player. That's fair. That's fair. But I just really like Yunus Musa because I just I, I like what he, he adds to the attack. I, I think he has the ability to have good synergy with that forward line, which is when you're looking at a midfield, that's exactly what you want. And something that we have been lacking for a large part of the last year, really creative uh, number eight midfielders to link up with that attack. I think we've been missing that. And so when you combine that with, you know, the the late runs that Weston McKinney makes in the box, like his general ball winning ability, Tyler Adams's defensive cover, I think it complements very well. Uh, Jack, your opinions on Kellen Acosta, Busio, and Luca Della Torre. What are they? Uh, well, Kellen Acosta, I like that inclusion. I think he's very good. and mm-hmm. Good, good uh, backup number six, yeah, good destroyer number six. I, I also think he's a lot better than some people give him credit for. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually when he's when he's playing and when he's needed, he, he usually puts in a pretty dominant performance in the midfield. He'll make mistakes, but so does every midfielder. And I, I think he, the, what he brings to the game, it can be really necessary, especially if you're playing against a side that's going to be counterattacking a lot. He can be very vital to uh, to breaking up attacks, and also his passing isn't bad either. So you know, trying to start a, start it from a little bit of a deeper position, not not a bad option. Um, for Gianluca Busio, that that's what I was alluding to when I said players whose clubs are doing poorly, but they themselves are doing well. Gianluca Busio has been doing pretty well for Venezia, a bright spot for them so far. Uh, because their season has started very, very, very badly, uh, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's too many varies. Maybe just very badly, not very, yeah. very badly. But it, it, still. it's still early. He, yeah, he it, got it's, a, a free kick assist. That's exactly. Good. Yeah, he he's been contributing to goals. He's been creating chances. His passing's been good. He deserves to be there. Now, I'm not going to comment too much about Luca Della Torre because I haven't seen enough of him, and. I, I don't know. I, 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 I just don't know enough about him to really say, 
yes, he's a great addition to this, or no, I don't care for him. I, I don't I, know. <laughs> if, if I'm going to be honest, the way that I, I uh, frame the Luca Della Torre situation is I think that he is a better Sebastian Legette. And that's coming from a Sebastian Legette stan. I wouldn't go. I won't say I'm a stan. I'm a Sebastian Legette fan. Uh, but Luca Della Torre is very good at ball retention, at being a facilitator, while at the same time being uh, a connection to that front line. I think he is better than Sebastian Legette in terms of his passing and his uh, the things that he contributes behind the ball defensively. Uh, I, I think a lot of places uh, have him as a defensive infielder. I don't think that's the case at all. I think he is more of a just a bona fide eight. Can't even play uh, even more advanced. I, I think I really like this inclusion. I, I prefer Luca Del Toro over Julian Green if I had to decide. So seeing this is very, very exciting to me. I know you haven't seen a lot of him. I, to be clear, have not really seen a lot of him other than the highlights because I frankly don't watch a lot of Heracles, but... To see his, uh, someone of his stature come in to potentially uh, make a claim to uh, that number eight spot is pretty interesting. Uh, Jack, anything else on the midfielders? I guess Christian Roldan, uh, he's fine. He's a good system player, just like Sebastian yeah. Uh Anything else? Uh, no, not really. I think like it, it's, it sucks that so many of our best midfielders are out injured yes. right now, uh, but... Still, this is a pretty good uh, crop of midfielders. But as I said, I like I, I want to see a three-four-three. Three. So if I if I'm picking two midfielders, uh, for me it's going to be Weston McKenney and Tyler Adams. All right, all right, and those obviously uh, add a lot to the midfield. Put in maybe Musa for a four-three-three, three, or just even just keep them. That's one of our strengths. We have that creativity and strength in that midfield uh, for sure. Uh, much better than where we were. Uh, last window where we played some players that might not have been the best uh, or maybe even out of position. So a good strength to have coming into this uh, October window. Let's move on to the wingers. We have Brandon Aronson of RB Salzburg, Paul Ariola of DC United. Uh, should we put Matthew Hoppy here? All right, let's put Matthew Hoppy here yeah. uh, of Mallorca. He made the move Mallorca. from Schalke. Mallorca. I'm sorry, Mallorca fans. Uh, made the move from Schalke this past uh, window and Tim Weah of Lille. Jack, obviously, there are some mighty exclusions here. I think the, the, the three that pop up to mind right away for a lot of people are A, Christian Pulisic, still injured. Injured, yep. They, uh, Ch Chelsea and the US Spence National Team medical staff said it would be 10 days. I think we're at like 20 days. Yeah, and he's, he's uh, injured uh, in yeah, your quotes, you know. Whatever that means. I, I, I'm very confused on that situation but he is injured unfortunately Gio Reyna we talked about him he might come back he might not and Conrad De La Fuente who has played very well in Marseille Jack let's start with Conrad not making it then we'll move on to the wingers that did uh are you mad about this as other people on uh, U.S. Men's National Team Twitter are yeah I, I I honestly since the September window he has not been as good as he was uh, in the very early stages uh, of the of the season. He he his pro his end products dropped off a little bit. His performances have been a little less spectacular, and he's been playing he's, quite a bit less. Yeah, his minutes have definitely dropped off. A lot of sub minutes I'm seeing, or he's been subbed off. Uh, his most significant, uh, I would say, contribution would be against Ren. He got 59 minutes there, but yes, you are correct. Uh, his assists have dropped off uh, a mighty uh, much. He had two uh, right before the September window. None afterwards. Not a lot of playing time. I, do, do you have any insight on what's happening there in Marseille? Is he just not? Is he just being overlooked for some other better players? I I I, I have to feel like that's that's part of what it is. Uh, and also the the system that they that their coach seems to be playing. Uh, uh, Sam Pauli. Uh, is very strange. It's a three-three-three-one, so okay. it's like very compact in the center, which does not leave a lot of room for wieners who go out super wide and like try and cut inside. Right? It, it seems like he uh, like whatever system he's trying to play right now. It's just compact it in and uh, and try and give them space on the wings and just like 
block them with the sheer amount of bodies in the center. Uh, and also, Sengiz Under has been... He plays in a similar position to Conrad, and he's been playing pretty well. So I, I think that also might be why. Uh, and uh, Amadou Dieng has also been playing well on the other wing. So it's it's difficult for Conrad to get in when both of those uh, players have a goal every other game. So mm-hmm. they they have a bit more end product, I guess, is the, is the yeah. key is the key factor. Still, though, I think I would still call in Conrad. Would you agree or? When you look at the this list, because when I look at this list, I, I see one name in particular where I'm like, I, I'm sorry, I don't really understand why this player is so integral to this team. And that's Paul Ariola of DC United. Uh, he's a great, great locker room presence, a great leader. But I cannot tell you a strength of his that we don't get from any other player that I think conrad couldn't give because i because i don't think paul Ariola is necessarily uh a player that has like significant skills that he can add to this team and so when i see conrad who's very good at uh getting behind he's very good out wide uh he could be a very creative player he can complement uh some of the other younger players well i don't know why you include you don't include him and you include paul Ariola. Are, are, are you on the same page as me or are you uh, do you kind of see why Paul Ariel is here? I, I think I see why he's here. He's he's actually had a pretty good month since, uh, you know, since the September window. Yeah, you know, he, had, he had that really good performance against Cincinnati where he scored twice, which was good. He almost scored against Minnesota tonight, got ruled off for offside. But throughout the entire game, you could see him creating problems and he was actually Probably one of the most creative players on the pitch. I, I need to look at the the stats to make sure I'm, I'm checking this out. But he created two chances throughout that and ha- and generated an expected assists uh, rating of 0.27, expected goals of 0.36. He was creating things. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's really key because the last window what hurt us was we didn't have players who were consistently creating. And it also hurt us a lot through the Gold Cup as well. You know... He he was there, but uh, he, I I I think in that final versus Mexico, his finishing was awful. I think we can all admit that. Yes. But his chance creation was really good. Like he was creating things. Yeah. Yeah. It, so I I think that he serves a purpose to this team. Uh, but I I also understand what you're saying that you can get that from Conrad. But I think the fact is. Conrad's minutes have declined. Paul Ariel has been a pretty important part to DC United as of late. So I can see why he's in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's always really interesting to think about these things, right? Because uh, you've partially convinced me, I will say. I, I understand why Paul Ariel is here. I, I think it's really interesting to how people balance uh, different attributes that a player has. So... On one hand, you ca- you can have players that play in MLS that get consistent minutes, have that output, are on hot form because they play in MLS, and you compare that with a player who might actually be better on paper, but just because they play in a harder league on a harder team, that's not really showing. Uh, and in some cases, like say Sebastian Legette and Kellen Acosta, I think that form really matters. With Paul Ariola, I want to say it doesn't because when we see him pl- perform for that. For the national team for, to perform with uh, any high-level competition at hand, he isn't necessarily that creative output that we're that we're looking for. N- not at the level that we necessarily need. We get that from Brendan Aronson, who is the sauciest player of this squad. Very good for RB Salzburg, uh, but we just don't get that from him. I would say. Uh, so that's why I'm still on the Conrad train. Yeah, I, I, I get it. I also think we saw it in the September window. A lot of Conrad's inexperience come into play. That, and that's Paul, very Paul true. Paul Ariola, he, yes, he has few caps, but he has a lot of playing time under his belt. And he, he is a solid enough player to, uh, to make it into the squad. And I think it's important as well to have, you know, those players who can contribute. Uh, I, I don't think he's going to be starting. I, I, I wouldn't put him in a starting role, but I think you, he, you he wouldn't. Does 
yeah we we are playing three games in like seven days so there is a right. chance he, that we see you'll probably start at least one of them but yeah in my ideal lineup he's not necessarily the starter but i think it's undeniable that he has some create uh, some creative ability uh, okay. in, in his pocket and it can be important especially since you know the main thing that people have been calling out for from the u.s is you know we haven't been creating enough chances and stuff like that so if you're I, if you're going to say that, I think Paul Ariel is a decent enough choice. All right. Well, respectfully, I disagree because I don't think he's that creative. But I, I do want to highlight some of our uh, creative players that we do know are very creative. Uh, Brendan Aronson, he already has five goals for the national team with with uh, ten caps. Uh, I already mentioned it before, but he's you know played very well with RB Salzburg historically. He's played very well with the U.S. national team, and I fully expect him to be our main creative force on the left wing now that Christian Pulisic is unfortunately not here. Tim Weah is who I would start on the right side because what he adds running behind and being a particularly good finisher, I think would be a, a, a good asset for us to have. He, yes, he only has one goal for uh, the U.S. men's national team right now, but I think after this window, who knows, we might see some more. He has been injured for a large part of his U.S. national team career, so I think this might be it. With with Reina gone, this is his chance to shine. And I think that when you look at some of the other options, like Matthew Hoppy, a, a very good player. Yes, he play, he could be a number nine, but he can also be a very good uh, uh, tucked-in winger, I would suppose. So I, I think that those three players in general are going to push each other for those starting spots, and I think they'll be very good. When I look at these wingers... Jack, the, the, the one thing I really see here is the ability to run behind, which I think is something we've been lacking with Gia Reyna and Christian Pulisic. Those are two very good creators. But then you have to ask, like, who who is creating space? Who's running behind to get on uh, the ends of those passes and finish them off or facilitate even further? And when you look at Brendan Aronson's ability to do that, Tim Way's ability to do that especially, Matthew Hoppy's ability to uh, attempt to do that. Very, very good options here. Answering that, we'll, I think we're going to see more. Expect to see uh, more penetration in attack. Uh, Jack, any, I guess, weaknesses or strengths you see with uh, these wingers? I guess you could look at depth as one of them, but inexperience, I guess, as well. Anything else? I mean, yeah, depth is potentially one of them, but, you know... <laughs> I, I could see a world where like Verhalter tries to set up like a three five two or something where like you're playing like in the gold of, cup. Yeah, sure. Right. So like where you're playing one of these wingers as like a false nine. Right. And or yeah, yeah. As a false nine playing off of an actual striker. Uh, and I, I wouldn't be mad at it, honestly. Uh, <laughs> but I, I still think that, uh, you know, we've got some quality in here, especially Aronson. He he should be a guaranteed starter for all three games if he's healthy for me. I think he could make like uh, his case to be one of the starting winners for the U.S. in this mm -hmm. window. Especially, he, he, yeah. yeah. He has the potential to do it. With Reyna and Pulisic gone, he has the potential to step up and say, this is, this is my position. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> I'll be holding on to this now. Yeah. And... I also think Tim Weah should be uh, another another player who starts quite a bit. Maybe not every game, but I, I think he uh, he should be starting. And my ideal starters on the wings would be uh, Weah and uh, Aronson. Hoppy, right, cool. I, I think, is a bit unlucky to miss out on this, but I, I also think that these uh, we we want more natural winners in this mm -hmm. in this side. Think. it's tough because i don't even know hoppy's best position right I, uh, in with my orca i honestly don't know where he plays i i, I think he actually plays more as a, as a, a nine or a center forward in general yeah i, I want to say uh but I, I guess i haven't been paying too much attention to my orca recently i guess i just get on that but he, yes he can flex onto the wing we don't have a lot of winger depth so we, we might need that we might need christian roll on there as well uh but he could also be a striker. We have, but we have two like real out and out strikers, with Ricardo Pepe, who had one of, one of the best debuts we we've had from a striker 
in quite some time with his uh, game against Honduras, where he had a goal and two assists to lead us to a 4-1 win, get us uh, the five points that we have walking into this this window. And we also have Jossie Zardes, who, you know, has been playing pretty well for Columbus. Didn't score tonight, but he has been uh, getting back to form as of late. Uh, there are there. I guess there's. I should say there is one big uh, exclusion. I think that people would definitely expect to see, and some other notable exclusions. The one I'm alluding to, of course, is Josh Sargent, who moved to Norwich City, hasn't been playing too well. In fact, has an xG of 0. 0.2, 0. 0.2 goals. Not great at all. Yes, Norwich City are bad, but that is also very bad when you have been. Getting some minutes to say the least, so obviously there's not a lot of shot creation or shot conversion going on there. Uh, zero goals, obviously. Uh, other notable exclusions, uh, PFOC, who has been... I-, I-, I would say, you're nodding. I don't think he's been playing too well. He's got, he's got a goal against Manchester United. That's yeah, a not, winning I, goal in the last minute against Manchester United. That Yeah, that's, that's one goal out of how many other ones that he hasn't gotten to the end of. I, I watched his game against Atalanta, not particularly good. I watched some of his other games, uh, some other highlights in the Swiss League. And that, yes, that is the Swiss League. Not great competition uh, compared to even the Premier League, so... I mean, he scored in three in a row, though. Like, I mean, you can't you can't ask for much else. The the game against Atalanta was the first time he's blanked in three games. Like, I mean, the, he he has been playing very well. I I think he's on some good form. So he he I think he even scored a winner. Uh, or no, he scored one of the two goals that saw them beat St. Gallen, and also scored a goal as part of a six-one victory against Lausanne. Uh, so I, I think that he should he should have been included in this because he he is on good form. And it, that is the I, I don't think Sargent should have been anywhere near this this side. Honestly, I still don't get the hype over him. Mm-hmm. I, I know that might be controversial, but I, I think <laughs> sure. I, I don't get it at this point. Well, he's, he's been on a lot of bad teams, to be fair. True. Yes. But at the same time. He hasn't been like accumulating a lot of chances or like even shots, and I, I think there, there's a possibility that you'll need play uh, players who will just create goals. And you know, also a big thing is he doesn't have the best physicality. I think over some other strikers that we have, so I, I don't know. I I, I think P. Fox should have been included. I, I really okay. think he should have been. And I think that I think that is by far the biggest snub on this roster. Really? Joe Sc- okay. Joe Scally is a big snub, but this one is way higher in my eyes. All right. People also say Conrad, but you saying Peafock, I, I haven't really heard that just because, yes, he has been playing decently. But how much can you put that on him and how much can you put that on the team being just the best team in the Swiss League? Like when I think about strikers, I think about if I put Josh Sargent on young boys, would he do the same thing? I think yes. If I put Pepe, if I put Zardes, if I, if I put Hoppy on young boys, would they do the same? Yes, I think so. And, and that's why. Yeah, the, go ahead. The big thing I think is in the Champions League on, on the biggest stage against Manchester United. Uh, he I, I mean, just if, if you look at it, he has like perfect anticipation of that back pass, he is making the run it, into the box there. Like that's that's what you want, right? From from a striker, yeah, you want it, someone who's going to make the run inside, who's going to try and bully the defense, and is going to try and win the ball. And that that's that's when you get this kind of stuff. Also, that finish was really good mm-hmm. <laughs> as well with uh, and perfectly timed run. So I I think that it would be that you know he yes. Uh, you can criticize uh, like the Swiss League for being pretty easy, right? Like if if you put me on a team in the Swiss League, uh, I might score a goal or two. No, okay, well, for, okay. Uh, I'm kidding. All, I'm all kidding. Swiss I'm listeners, kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I, I'm kidding. I, I get what you mean. I get what you mean. But you know, uh, I I get what you mean about the point with Pepe or Zardes being able to score goals in the Swiss League, but on the Champions League stage, when it matters, coming up big, that that that's huge. So I but, I think. I think he deserves this. I that I also you you might be a Sebastian Legette fan 
I am a big PFOC fan, so mm-hmm. I, I'm going to I'm going to defend him. That that was a good moment, but that's what it was. A moment of time where it, it was a very good finish. One probably gonna be one of his career highlights. But that's that's all it was. I mean, it, when you look at it at the whole, he plays for an easier team and he hasn't been extremely lights out for them as he was, I think, more so last season. And also, and more importantly, his performance so far with the the national team has left a lot to be desired uh you could look at I, th- I think the only game where he's been like really good was when he scored that winner against honduras in the nations league uh in the friendlies he's been gotten limited playing time has been great but especially in the games against canada and el salvador this past window just not a lot of uh you know good shots good good uh positioning and that's why i just don't think that he it's justified that he wasn't here i would say i mean he's also the second top scorer in the in the swiss league right now uh-huh tied tied for second on five goals uh and since uh the start of this season he has nine goals and 14 appearances yeah so I, you know i i i i think that he I, I'm, I'm going to stick to it until until the very end, really. I, I think that he deserved to be in this squad. I mean, I, I can I can say the same thing about a lot of players playing in uh, uh, second tier leagues like MLS. And this is where this is why it always gets hard to compare leagues because you're comparing like different strengths of leagues. So you have to really look at the individual quality of the player i wouldn't be mad if pfock was included but i also understand when you have Pepe, who is an 18 year old uh being the fifth uh scoringest player in the mls he's also the high scoring american there as well so uh it's hard to compare leagues i try not to do it i harp on people who do it in m in uh mls and us men's national team twitter so whatever whatever no i i i agree like i i think the strikers that we've picked to be clear I'm not mad about either of the strikers picked. Yeah. I, yeah. I think Zardes is good, and I think Pepe is good as well. I, I, I'm happy with both of them being there. But I wish we had maybe brought, like, one less right back and one more striker. Mm-hmm. Or, or winger, really, for that matter. But, you know, I, I, I'll, 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 I'll stop ranting about PFOC there. I'll, I'll stop All my right. rants about him there. But okay. just well, know, if, if you're listening out, out there, you know... I, I've got your back, man. I've got your back. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, to be clear, PFOC, I also uh, enjoy you. Not as much as Jack. I, I, I do think you're a good player, and I hope to see you uh, in potentially the November window. But let's talk about the strikers we did bring, the two that we have uh, that is going to uh, be Pepe, Ricardo Pepe of FC Dallas and Jossie Zares at Columbus Crew. Uh, Pepe, I already, already highlighted him, played very well uh, against... Uh, was it El Salvador? No, Honduras. Uh, away in Honduras. And I think that he adds so much because he, he does have such good form right now. He's very good at finishing. I especially, especially like his uh, movement in the box to kind of be you know, a little unpredictable, I think. And that, I think that's one of his biggest assets is his actual off-the-ball running, which we don't really get from our other strikers. He has that ability to... Uh, lose his defender and pop up and be in a good position to score a goal. And you know he's going to score a goal because he has that good finishing. Uh, now that I'm saying this, I think that he might be, right now, our most complete and best striker that we have in the pool. Is that crazy? Am I sipping the Kool-Aid? Am I spending too much time on football Twitter? Maybe. But he, it's undeniable that he is having his moment right now in MLS and in the U.S. men's national team. For, for my money, I think he is the striker for uh, this this window. I, I think gets uh, at least two starts, perhaps, or at least significant minutes. Jossie Zardes, I, I know, is, is very good, uh, has kind of that, that proven track record. But at the same time, I, just got, I think I just got to back Pepe here, man. I don't know. Like, Jack, who would you start out of these two? Or you could put Hoppy there as well. Ooh, it, it's tough because Pepe has two goals and an assist since the September window. Not too bad, especially given he plays for FC Dallas, which, let's face it, are not are not doing fantastic to say the least. 
On the other hand, Jossie Zardes has three goals in his last two games, uh-huh. uh, including one against New England, which, Very which good. is at, at uh, away from home, I should say as well. So that that's that's really good. Uh, he he didn't play tonight uh, in the Campionas Cup. Oh really? Uh, didn't he yeah. notice that? Yeah, no, yeah. He 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 wasn't in the squad. So, uh, ju- so that that way because I remembered uh, you you said he didn't score tonight, but yeah he I I should hope not. Otherwise there was a bit of an issue with the goal scoring. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, he he has been very good, and I I know I might get some flack from people for this, but whenever whenever like he plays, he seems to show up for for the U.S. And while he might not always score, he he's usually a decent enough player to do what's necessary. You know, uh, sure. He he got the assist against Haiti for uh, the opener in the Gold Cup. Scored got, the winner for Qatar yep, against Qatar. Exactly, I mean. Yep, ex- exactly. Like I mean, he shows up in big moments, and sometimes that's what you need. But I think he might be better as a substitute. I. Uh-huh. I I I do like Zardes. I I think I I I know there's criticism that you know he scores only tap-ins and stuff, but sometimes that's what you need. You need someone who will be mm-hmm. there to uh, to tap it in because tap-ins only get scored if there's someone there. Yeah, but, you know who else yeah. is known for scoring tap-ins? Cristiano Ronaldo, and I exactly. think that a lot of people think yeah. he's a good player. <laughs> so, so. Uh, but I, I think I think you back Pepe for the first for at least the first game of this window, you know, uh-huh. give him a ch- give him a chance to uh, continue what he started in that, in that game against Honduras. And if it doesn't work out, then fine. So uh, sub Zardes in and maybe start a uh, start Zardes the next one, depending on how his performance was, but he got two assists and a goal in, in, in that debut. It's kind of hard to overlook that. Like that, that is an right. incredible performance, especially at 18 and his holdup play is decent. Uh, you know he he can score from headers. He has a good delivery. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think you start him. All right, cool. Well, that is it for our uh, roundup of all the the players, how we expect them to play. Uh, I, I should say my other snub for this uh, forward group is probably Jesus Ferreira. I mentioned him. I think he's a good player. Sad that he didn't make it. I think he's a good creative player. Uh, but Jack prefers a three four three or a Potentially a three-five-two. Am I right with that, Jack? Yeah. Uh, if we're doing a three-four-three, you know what I want to see is, at, I think for the first game, we're we're gonna go off the first game for this. Uh, Matt Turner uh, starting. Okay. Right, and then you have John Brooks in the center position. I, I don't care about left or right for Miles Robinson and Chris Richards. Uh, Serginio Dest right wing back. Uh, Anthony Robinson left wing back, and then midfield of Adams and McKenney. Uh, and then, you know, um, winners, Aronson and Wea, striker Pepe. Mm-hmm. Okay. I personally, I don't think that that's going to be the lineup for Jamaica. Well, I guess. Oh, I don't obviously, think so. No. Yeah. I, I, I'm going more off an ideal kind of thing. Right, right, right. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to say pretty much the exact same thing. I'm going to stick with a four, three, three Turner, uh, miles Robin, Anthony Robinson on one side, I guess, or John Brooks and Anthony Robinson on one side. Miles Robinson and Serginho Dest on the other side of that back line. Adams, uh, McKenney, Musa, Aronson, Wea, Pepe. I feel like that's going to be a lot of people's, either yours or mine, depending on the formation. Uh, and, and I expect some more creativity. I expect some more runs in the back. And I don't necessarily expect, but I hope for some more defensive cover being played by Tyler Adams to help protect John Brooks so he doesn't get left on an island. Um, I think that we are going to try to possess. Uh, I, well, we always try to possess. That's kind of Berhalter's uh, shtick at this point, being a possession team. But I, I think that we're going to see a little bit more speed moving up uh the flanks now that we have some uh not just creators but some finishers and some runners uh so i expect to use our width a little bit more jack anything else to say before we close out this episode uh i mean like like i know i know i've I, i've said i've had some negative things to say about some of the players in this roster but i want to be clear i'm not mad about any of the roster decisions in particular except maybe 
the exclusion of PFOC. That one, yeah. that's the only one I'm legitimately mad about. But yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I think this is a good roster. I think for this window, five to seven points, honestly. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I, are we playing two home or two away games? Uh, two home. Why am I forgetting this? Okay, so we're playing, it, we're playing, yeah, home to Jamaica, away Panama, home Costa Rica. Okay, so seven points would be my expectation then. Uh, and I, I think because, you know, you, you want to win your home games and draw your away games, ideally. At least. Like, at least. So I think seven is a good target for this window. I think seven is a realistic target for sure. I'm also going with seven points. Uh, I, I expect a lot out of this roster. Cause like I said on Twitter, this is a good roster. I, I, I know we also harped on it. We also mentioned some very exciting inclusions like Musa, like Pepe like uh hoppy like aaronson all these different players that we haven't really seen a lot of uh come in and i think it's going to be a very fun window hopefully for some reason i'm more optimistic with this group of players than i am with september and we're we're still missing sergeant pulsic and arena so i'm feeling pretty good maybe it's just that the quality or the opposition that we're playing and the fact that we have two home games kind of helps uh, with some of those fears, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. If if we're missing uh, Christian and Geo, come uh, Mexico at home and Jamaica away yeah, that's in the November issue. window, then we are running into a little bit some issues. Yeah. So, yeah, that is it for U.S. Men's National Team deep dive. Jack, where can people find us on social media? On Twitter at Final Third Show. Uh, you can watch us react to when the lineups come out and Tim Ream inevitably makes it into one of the starting lineups because yes. we all know it will happen at least once. It's <laughs> Greg Berhalter we're talking about. Uh, you can see AJ get really upset when West Ham lose to Rapid Vienna uh, tomorrow. Better not happen. <laughs> or, you can, uh, or you can participate in our prediction games that we have every week with our news and predictions episode. Yes, yes, yes. And as it turns out right now, I think uh, I think we're all tied or not. Listeners aren't tied. You and I, Jack, I think are tied at 10 points. So So go ahead and vote on that poll when it comes out next Monday and Tuesday. Also follow us on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, what have you. Give us a rating. We read out any five star reviews on Apple Podcasts. So if you want a free shout out, go ahead and do that. Tell your friend that you enjoy the show. Tell your dad that you enjoy the show and you love listening to us talk about the U.S. men's national team and uh, the French national team and other national teams that are coming up in the UEFA Nations League this upcoming Monday. Speaking of that, we'll see you guys next Monday to talk about that UEFA Nations League preview and some other stuff. And we'll also see you guys same time, same place for next week's Deep Dive episode. See ya. Bye for now.